Hey ladies, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to give a trigger warning. Today's topic is all about dirty talk and language we use in the bedroom and words to describe body parts. With that being said, we suggest listening to this alone or with headphones, as we don't think that it would be appropriate for children or strangers to hear. We do use cuss words sparingly in other episodes, but because of today's topic, you will hear it a lot more than usual. Please be advised and listen at your discretion. Let's get into it. Welcome back, ladies, to Her Sacred Sexuality. Today we have a juicy episode on dirty talk, which I am so excited to jump into. We had a whole fun interactive poll happening in our stories a week or so ago that you may have jumped in on and seen, but if not, we're going to spill the tea in this episode. But first... We wanted to give you just a little life update. It's actually been three weeks since Bethany and I recorded together, which you may not have known because we have put out an episode every week, but that's because we pre-recorded a bunch of them. And um, I, Karen, have been on the road traveling for three weeks to New York, Canada, Quebec, Montreal, a whole fun road trip with my family. In the meantime, my kitchen is being remodeled. We had a pipe burst. And so we came home to no kitchen, which is fun. I'm setting up a pseudo kitchen in my movie room and defrosting steaks in my bathroom sink. So <laughs> it's like, it's a wow. it's been an eventful summer for over here. <laughs> and life for you, I'm sure is exciting right now. Oh, what do you yeah, have going on, Bethany? Yeah, it's super busy. Um, we have like a new business under our belt and that's been fun. I've been learning like all the ins and outs of like cleaning businesses, Airbnb cleanings and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's been super fun. And I don't even know. I feel like, yeah, life has been really busy and really fast. Can you believe we are halfway through the year? We just posted our 26th episode, which means that is like half the halfway mark of the year of doing 52 episodes isn't that nuts I'm so proud of us like me too that's amazing we showed up and we are consistent that is the hardest part about podcasting you guys true anyone thinking about starting a podcast is just the consistency of it but I feel like if you can do that consistently and show up like it it pays off and we we are loving this community you guys have so supported us and I'm, I just hear all the time from women who are like getting healed and just yeah. having transformation happen because of the conversations were happening. So it's yeah. amazing. It is really great. It's so beautiful to see. And we've just had so much like feedback from you guys and you guys really like see our content as a place where you can ask questions honestly and vulnerably create like new neuro pathways for yourself of like, what should I be doing with this? And maybe I should think differently about this, or you come to this place from a curious perspective. And I think it's so beautiful that we're curating this community of open-minded women who are just ready to receive and Mm -hmm want to dive into healing, want to dive into their sexuality and explore more of that. And it's been so cool to see you guys interact not only with us, but with our stories and our reels and the podcast itself. And it's incredible. So with that being said, we have a lot to talk about today. (laughs) Our topic of like bedroom talk, dirty talk. And I had posted, uh, I would say a little over a week ago, a poll and then a questionnaire on, on our stories about what you guys thought of bedroom language of sexual slang, whether that be pussy, cock, come words that we use whether it's in the bedroom or talking about sex and if it made you uncomfortable if it made you if you were cool with talking about it or not and turned on yeah and we got so many responses we were like we need to make an episode about this because it covered the entire span of how people felt, whether it was like, this is disgusting. I never want to hear about it. Or like, I'm a little conflicted. I have, you know, wounds from 
purity culture or like what I was taught growing up, but I also think it's okay now to women being like, oh my gosh, yeah, I love it. I talk about this all the time. You know, I talk like this all the time, like in the bedroom. So we wanted to make a episode just completely about this and just discuss, like open up the conversation more, talk to you guys about our thoughts and our opinions on it. And yeah, hopefully you guys come away with just some encouragement and permission to love yourself and to love what you choose, the decision you choose to make within that (laughs) and um, know that no matter what, like God still loves you. So shall we jump in? Yeah. Tell us like what instigated this. It's like you, the post and like what kind of how this came about to be, because this kind of like manifested organically. Yeah. So we had a couple of episodes on oral sex. The first one being cunnilingus and the second one was fellatio. And you guys- And that, by the way, like, I feel like we need- to talk about that alone because yeah, debrief. That was big, <laughs> we need a debrief. We need a debrief. Oh, true. Like that was a big deal. I don't know about like I think for Bethany, she's like, I've been waiting my whole life to have this conversation. For me, always, always. <laughs> everything. <laughs> for me, I was like building up the courage to talk about this in a public <laughs> forum. <laughs> Hey, we waited like, six months. So we did. we did. It was, but it was, I felt like it was the right time. It was yeah. like appropriate. It was like, you know, you can't have a sexuality podcast without at some point having a, an episode on blowjobs and cunnilingus. Like we totally had to be set, had to be done. And I think we, I'm proud of it. I think we did a good job. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. We had it, so many people write in and they had so many good things to say and there was just a lot of great feedback with it so I think we nailed it on the head (laughs) and even like after doing that episode like even I'm still like I feel like every time we show up and we talk about this and have a conversation I get more free like these Mm. conversations are always stretching me and pushing me more toward intimacy with my husband and just mm-hmm. like being more free in my sexuality. And I, I, we hope, I hope that's what the effect is for our listeners. I know it is yeah. for me just engaging. And one of the things I got out of that, and it actually came from like my husband giving me feedback was he was like, it was a great episode, but like, he actually was like, I want to challenge you on something. Like what if blowjobs wasn't like an obligation, but it, or like a big event, but it was more like casual. And just like something you could like whip out and like do for your husband at any point in time, which Mm. I was like, I've never heard it explained that way because every time we've Mm. talked about it. And as I shared in that episode, there was like, there's been a lot of pain and healing around that subject for me, but Mm. to hear him talk about it as it could be just like a casual thing. It didn't have to be like a a worked up, like get all dressed up, make a big event out of it. Like we're going to have a, like a giant party birthday party like you plan it all (laughs) he was just like it could just be casual and I was like oh that actually makes it feel a lot more attainable and a lot less pressure to like Mm. do it whenever and make it a part of the your regular like sex life so I just wanted to share that because for me that set me free even more And Mm. I'm like, I want to go back and listen to it too, because I think my perspectives are even changing even more. Like as we Mm. talk about it, as we discuss it, as we're open about it with our spouses and with other women and just share openly, I think we have so much more freedom and satisfaction available to us in our sex lives that when we have these brave conversations about it, it opens up perspectives that we may have not have considered like, cause it's yeah. so easy to get stuck in like, here's how I view this certain topic. Here's how, what I think my opinion on a certain subject or a certain word or certain way of talking, like we're going to talk about yeah. today. And I think the ability to be flexible and challenge your belief systems, obviously not like the core values and the core beliefs you have, but like some of the topics surrounding sexuality and how yeah. we feel about those. It's so I think beneficial to always be challenging and like opening up to other viewpoints, other ways of doing things, other experiences. I don't know. How did you feel about it? Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, we had, I I put out a poll for the blowjob episode 
specifically like what women felt towards giving yeah. head and like who hated it, who loved it, who was indifferent, who, and even who like did it because their hub, husband liked it, you know? And that was the, the number one answer was, I don't really care for it, but I do it. I love it. I like it because my husband likes it because yeah. my husband enjoys it, which makes sense. There were a lot of women though that said they loved it and it turned them on. And I was actually like pleasantly surprised, like, okay, let's go girls. Like I love to hear it. Like it challenges me because I'm like, yes. And it really can be a turn on when you're both in in it. Yeah. And the fact that it can just be spontaneous, like, like I'm more leaning into that, but yeah, there was such a variety. Some women were uncomfortable by it. Totally. Some women did it for their husbands because they loved it. Some really enjoyed it and got turned on by it. It was great. Yeah, it was awesome. And even like their, you know, whys or why nots were, I was cracking up at some of them and there were some that I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, because some had like bad hygiene. Yeah, they probably like, had bad hygiene. Yeah, I think one like, of them oh. said- one of them said that your husband had like a 12 inch penis. So it was like Ooh. uncomfortable. I was like, <laughs> I commented to her, like I DM'd her and I was like, girl, you are an angel. <laughs> I was like, you've got yourself there a unicorn. <laughs> like That is so unheard of. So it's yeah. like, you know, just, I just love like the interaction and how like open these women feel that they can be with us. That's what yes. I love. Cause yes. to me, it's like, Oh yes. Like authenticity, like give it to us. You know, we want to hear it. And yeah. So, and that, that actually leads perfectly into our topic today. As we were debriefing, I was like, it's so interesting. The varied responses we got out of this question we posted about like, does dirty talk make you uncomfortable? And like, do certain words make you uncomfortable? Are, are you, are they off limits? Do you, are you offended by certain words or yeah. not? Because we, there were some words that we posted in that kind of lingus carousel, like on Instagram about some tips and topics. And yeah. we used, I think the word pussy, because yep. pussy play was used. Um, and I'm not sure about some of the other words, but we kind of just opened it up because we got a lot of responses. We got also some unfollows, which yep. is totally okay. Because <laughs> yeah. I think by now you've realized that we use a variety of language and we don't really yeah. have like a black and white, this is okay, this is bad, this is good, right? Like right. we're very flexible. And I think that's because one of our core values is authenticity. And if you've listened to our first podcast episode, you'll hear there like what our core values are and the why behind this podcast and the conversations we're having. And authenticity, I feel, is often lacking among Christian women because we feel like we have to put on a mask, we have to be perfect, we have to have our look perfect, dress perfect, act perfect, have our language be perfect. There's a lot of pressure to appear, to focus on appearances at the expense of like, well, what's really going on underneath? And so we Mm. put a lot of value on the outward appearance or the outward talk. And I think it's easy to also take Bible verses and apply them to like saying, oh, well, you can't say this, or you can Mm -hmm. say this. And it's really hard to like, look at modern language and apply scriptures to modern language. Totally. So I don't believe in being like vulgar, just for the sake of being vulgar and offensive. But you may hear us say the F word, you may hear us cuss, you may hear us use terms that could be considered offensive or derogatory like pussy. And I think part of that is just that this is a sex podcast. We're not trying Mm -hmm. to censor ourselves. The other part of it is sometimes a PC word does not adequately express what you want it to express in that (laughs) context of whatever you're saying. (laughs) Totally, totally. So much passion. And like, you know, there sometimes you need a more taboo word because it actually has a different effect on the brain. It shakes people, it wakes people up, it makes them pay attention more. You know, Tony Robbins talks about that, that like taboo words are used and he uses them in his 
teachings or in his interventions because he knows it has a specific psychological effect on the listeners, which mm. I think is brilliant. And you can also see Jesus used the same tactic, the strategy. Yeah. He used very taboo words in his mm. culture and in his time to offend people, sometimes on purpose to offend Pharisees yeah. and religious people. He would yeah. use very offensive language. And so that doesn't mean we should go around cursing all the time. There's certain verses that I think it's important to like cover with this, but there are, I believe, this is just me, my opinion, I would rather be authentic and occasionally use a taboo word or an offensive word or a curse word or a sexual word if the context deems it appropriate and if the totally. audience is appropriate, of course, we don't want to be like cussing around kids or, you know, in professional settings, but <laughs> sometimes like, you I mean, you guys know, I know, you know what I'm talking about, especially like the parents out there. Sometimes you just need to curse. Yeah. <laughs> but, like if you're in the middle of childbirth, like you just need to let out a good, like F-bomb, like drop F-bomb. Yeah. Or, like, holy crap. But, like, <laughs> holy crap doesn't cut it. You have to say fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, or in sometimes the with that language, there's actually like energetic release yes. like there's things that yep. are like released when you can let that out and obviously the context that we're talking about here is sexual and like in the bedroom and how we talk about different body parts and things like that and that's also a, a clarifying point I want to make because some people in the responses had said like I would just rather use like the proper terminology for it and somebody even said like and when I talk to kids I'm not going to say like pussy or cock and it's like that is not what we're talking about here. Let's like, yes. remove absolutely like, use anatomically correct language uh, right? in most cases, yes. especially around your children. Yeah, we want them to learn that. Yeah, because like that's educational. They need to know proper language. But when we're talking about in the context of sex and sex play and in being in the bedroom, that is really where we're talking about using this language and how we can create more room and give more permission of these words don't have to be or hold negative connotation. And I, I think that your point there too of, of women who will say, well, I want to use the proper word uh, that I think that's good. So like on the other side, you have women who are using more childish words to describe the vagina or the penis, like the PP mm. or right. you know, down there, because we're actually yeah. still carrying our own shame, yeah. whether it's from purity culture or our upbringing. And we don't feel comfortable using that word, or we think it's somehow like not appropriate for children to know the correct right. term. And so yes. I think it's important to recognize where our shame or our upbringing has a play in the language we use. And, yeah. and to I just want to give you permission to those listening to challenge your own preconceived beliefs or shame mm -hmm. surrounding sexual language. And because yeah. that can come into play with like using the childish words, as well as like, not using adult language, because we yeah. think it's we've labeled it as inappropriate. Right. But in the right I context, it may not be. And that to me shows childhood wounds yeah. because they were never, never able to grow from that place and that immaturity of using the proper terms when necessary, you know, versus like PP or JJ or something, you know, yeah. whatever that, that sounds like, but the, that to me reveals that there are some wounds there. So let's get into some of the responses we had, because I just love yeah. them. I, maybe we can just read a few of them and comment because yeah. you opened it up and your question, what was your, your initial question that we pulled people with? The poll was, does sexual slang slash language make you uncomfy? 23% said, yes, I can't stand it. 30% said, not at all. I use this language. 23% said, I'm indifferent. And 24% said, it doesn't bug me, but I still have shame with it. So a very like across the board. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, obviously the highest percentage was not at all. I use this language, but it was very interesting. And then the question I asked was, the question we asked was, why does sexual language make you uncomfy? And then that's, that's where we had all the the all answers. the responses. So all let's the share responses. some of them. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I'll start with this one. I just prefer to use the proper word. 
some words like pussy are fine, but like cunt is not. That makes sense to me. Okay. So I'm curious why I want to expound on that because cunt is just another word for, it's just another slang word. It is. It's a slang word. I think for me, it would just be like personal preference. I don't think people who use cunt are like bad people or it's like an evil taboo word, but it is typically used in more derogatory conversation. So for that reason, I choose not to use it. Like it's just not a part of my vocabulary. I think I would say the majority, maybe 90% of the time I've heard it used, if I was going to guess, would be like in a derogatory language and probably more often I would say used by men almost in a derogatory way. I don't hear very many women using the cunt word. So here's what's interesting is that Gen Z is almost replacing pussy with cunt. Interesting. And cunt is no longer this negative word. It's actually a positive word. They're saying like, oh my gosh, I feel so cunt. Or like, she's so cunt right now. You're like, no, like, stop it. Really? Yes, I am telling you. Like, like she's I, so fly. She's so hot. Like they're using like, cunt for those words. Mm, give it, give it up for Bethany, you. you guys, for telling us like the Gen I Z. Because I am apparently <laughs> too old <laughs> to know this. <laughs> it's really interesting. So there's like the obvious, like a woman, cunt is a woman's genitalia, a person you despise, a mate, a random person. Um, yeah, but yeah. then that's how I would understand it. Yeah. So like, oh, she's such a cunt. Like it's a, it's yes. like a, like a bitch. Like it's yes, like, a, yes, not nice, not good person. <laughs> yes, totally. Earmuff, earmuffs, by the way, don't play this episode around kids. In case yeah. Yeah. Obvious. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there, there will be, be an explicit, like, <laughs> there's explicit on language in this episode because we're not going to censor everyone. <laughs> yes. Okay. So even Rolling Stone came out with a article about it. So the C word is everywhere right now and not in a bad way. It's one of the most divisive words in the English language and it is having a moment right now. So (laughs) isn't that so funny? Yeah. So so interesting. Yes. So recently cunt has been everywhere on Twitter. A series of viral tweets have questioned like, how do you serve cunt? That's what they say. They say serve cunt. It's new. It's a whole thing, but it's becoming a less negative term, especially for the younger generation. And I think it's, that is also a point that I think is really important that we talk about because we have to think generationally too. My mom is so offended by the word pussy. We've had this conversation, we've talked about it and we've like dissected it. And I'm like, so where's the discomfort coming from? Why is it uncomfortable for you? You know, and so- First of all, I just need to say like, I love that you can even have those conversations with your mom, like yes. multiple conversations about the term pussy. How many yes. <laughs> of us can say we can do that? I know. I know. I'm really blessed. Me and my mom have a very like open relationship and we are comfortable with disagreeing too. Like, it's like, Hey, agree to disagree. I love you. You love me. You can not use the word. You'll probably hear me say it though. You know, but (laughs) so, yeah, but what you're saying is so interesting because for that generation, pussy was super taboo. Probably like cunt would be for millennials, you know, which we are millennials. Yeah. And so like, but Gen Z is like, Oh no, that's like, I'm going to serve cunt. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Like, I don't even know what that means, but thank you for enlightening me because (laughs) I had no idea it was becoming so trendy. So yeah, I think context obviously is important and like the generational factor. So um, another woman said, pussy makes me uncomfortable and I'm not sure why, because Dick doesn't maybe because it's more taboo. You know, I certainly think pussy can be taboo in certain situations or, or contexts. Like it's, it's inappropriate in certain conversations, but in other conversations, I think it is authentic and appropriate. And so, yeah, it all depends also on the person and what you're comfortable with. So we're not saying like, no, you can't use that word. (laughs) Yes. We got a couple of them that talked about porn. And I think this is really important to talk about. So someone said, maybe it's because it's used in porn and I don't want my marriage to look like that. And I totally get this. You guys know my story. I had a almost 10 year addiction to pornography that I needed to break off and move on from. And I do understand that like being associated with it. When it comes to that though, 
I have made it a priority in my life to change the narrative and change the meaning of things that used to have negative connotation in my life. So even when it came to masturbation, I had to remove myself for a season, for a time from masturbation after I had committed to stop watching porn and and rid myself of that addiction. And that was what I needed during the time. Now I have a healthy relationship with my body, with my sexuality, and with masturbation where I've been able to enjoy that now in my life, you know? So this is kind of the same thing where I had to remove the meaning that it held within pornography and realize that I can actually use that language without it having that same connotation or that kind of derogatory feeling or negative feeling attached to it. Yeah. That's, and that's powerful. Like associations are powerful. And when we associate a word to something that's negative, we're going to not want to use it. And I think that's like, I, it makes me think of like when I was naming my children, there were certain names that I was like, I could never name my kid this name because the only person yeah. I know that has that name, I associate <laughs> with like, ah, I don't like that. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Negative. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's an association to certain words, but I think yeah. that's really powerful. What you're saying is that we can de-associate, disassociate the meaning of certain words from certain things, because just because a certain people group or context uses it normally doesn't mean it's not usable in other ways. You know, right. like just because they, it's like they, so to speak, claimed it, but I don't know if that's always true. Like no. we can choose to say, oh, you know what? Maybe this is a turn on for me and my husband in the bedroom. Maybe totally. this is something, a word that we can redeem. And I think God loves to redeem things. Not that he's like, yes. I'm going to redeem the word pussy, but it doesn't necessarily <laughs> make it all. But I don't think he cares. Like that's the yeah, thing. I don't right. think it's like, neutral. Like it's why neutral. we obsess yes. over these words. And yes. I think that is the biggest, I think that's what this poll did for a lot of women was it took something that was really charged and emotional that we have strong opinions about. And it challenged women to say, to like ask themselves and go, why does it matter? Why do I feel so strongly about this? Why, why do I have to, what rule am I following? Who told me I couldn't do this? Like, why does this have to equal bad word? And this one is okay to use and who defines that? And like, does it even matter? Like there's no scripture saying like, you can't use the word pussy, but you can use the word dick and right. don't use the word cunt unless you're under 23 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. You know, like there is the verse, and I think this is a good time to bring it up is, you know, the Bible verse that says, let no unwholesome talk come from your mouth. And that's often used to teach Christians not to use swear words or dirty words or like inappropriate words. And I just want to like, Look at that verse a little more closely because I think with a lot of these things, we're applying verses that may not be relevant necessarily. And what I mean by that is if you look at the verse in context, it's from Ephesians 4. And if you look at it from, from verse 29, Ephesians 4, 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit, benefit those who listen. And if you continue reading and do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in, just as Jesus Christ forgave you. So when I read that in context, to me, it sounds more like it's saying, don't gossip, don't mm-hmm. belittle other people, don't talk negatively about other people only talk about what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. So that's what I would logically like assess from that passage. And so I don't necessarily think not that you couldn't apply it to swear words or curse words or dirty words, but I think it more has to do with telling believers not to gossip and slander one another more so than it's saying, Hey, don't say the word pussy or fuck that's yeah is that you're sinning if you say those yeah. words right yeah and it's context too so like if I were to say fuck you to somebody that's like cursing them that's that's bringing something to them and saying like 
That would be unwholesome. <laughs> that would be unwholesome. And yeah. even if you said, screw you, like yeah. you're saying something like, but that's not a screw isn't a, a curse word, you know, isn't a bad word to people, but right. it's still used in that context. Yeah. But if I were to tell my husband, like, I can't wait for you to fuck me. That is an entirely different context. Yes. One that I think would be a big blessing to him. One thing <laughs> that I think he would be super excited to hear. It would build him up. Biblically. It would build him up. <laughs> that things would definitely would be built up. by your husband. Yes. <laughs> absolutely yes it's so much more it's not about the word but the intention Mm -hmm. behind that word or language yeah and I don't think the bible says like don't use this word because obviously cultural context generational context there's so many different um, perceptions of what's a taboo word or not a taboo word based on age, demographic, where you live, what culture you're from. And so it's not so much, I believe that the Bible is saying like, these words are bad and these words are good, but more the intention of the heart behind them. And you can, like you gave a great example, use one word to slander someone and put them down. You can also use that same word to turn your husband on in the bedroom. But you can also use really proper language and gossip about a fellow oh, sister. Yeah. You can yep. put other women down. Yes. And and yet your language is quote unquote clean. Right. So I think yep. God focuses far more on the heart, the heart attitude. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you said that because it really is about the heart. And everything that we're saying is un- under the umbrella of it's all neutral. It's all opinion. So like, if you don't feel comfortable using that language in the bedroom, we in no way are saying you need to say pussy and cock and fuck in the bedroom at all. Like that is not what we're trying to get across. What we are trying to get across is freedom and permission to not put so much energy and weight into this language that we were taught or we were told was bad and off limits and inappropriate because we want, we want to recognize that it's all okay. Like it's safe when put in the correct context, it can be okay to use. Yeah, for sure. A lot of you guys commented that like, it seems like it's too much or it makes me uncomfortable, but I think Mm -hmm. it's just like the church that I grew up in or what my parents mm-hmm. taught me. And so a lot of you guys actually recognize, like, I'm not comfortable using that language, but I think it may be because I have conditioning. I have certain teachings right. that are, that have always told me it's wrong or bad. And that's okay too. I think in those contexts, like it can be kind of fun and challenging to experiment with using it, maybe just with your partner or in the bedroom at first, obviously don't like show up in social gatherings, like just like spitting this out. But I think it's also really interesting to have this conversation with your partner and ask them, like, do you like dirty talk? Because I think so many couples live in this, like, sort of, we don't speak about these things, or it's Mm -hmm. like inappropriate, or I have shame. So I I don't want to bring it up. Or maybe your partner feels ashamed, even though he might like he or she might like that kind of dirty talk, but doesn't want to admit to it because they feel ashamed or they might feel judged by you. So I think asking your partner, like what kind of language do you like? Does, does dirty talk even turn you on? Yeah. Um, It's a fun conversation to have and you might be surprised. Yeah. And that can lead to a way of foreplay, whether that's sexting or like dates over the phone, you know, because language can be a powerful thing and can be something that does turn us on when we talk about it in a very fun sexual way. And so this kind of language can perpetuate that and it can be enjoyable. It can be playful and fun for both you and your spouse, but maybe there are things that you have to filter through. Maybe there's words that you are okay with. Like one of our, you know, listeners said was okay with dick, but not pussy and things like that. You know, knowing your limitations, that's something too. But I think a lot of what, a lot of the same terminology that I'm hearing is crass. It sounds dirty. 
it's gross. Like it's a or it's derogatory, like derogatory. To, and, and when I think of derogatory, that to me is like, you're actually using it to put someone down. Like if you're to having, insult, to insult, to put down yeah. the opposite sex, to label someone as something or female yes. as something in a derogatory way in which yeah. I do think that's unbiblical. That would be like, right. Unwholesome. That would be. Yes negative. And so I think that's yeah. why a lot of women have a bad taste in their mouth. No mm-hmm. pun intended. <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> because we've heard it mostly in derogatory contexts and yeah. it, it makes us feel uncomfortable. So I totally see those, those of you who that's you. And I, I just want to honor you and say like, I see you because it very much can be used in that way, but it doesn't always have to be. It doesn't have to mean that it's always a negative word. Yeah, absolutely. I love this one response that we got. She responded a couple of times, but I'm just going to read it. She said, I used to be super uncomfortable with words like these, but then my husband and I started talking about sex and he used those words in such a loving way. They just didn't seem dirty anymore. Like how can pussy be quote unquote bad when that's the word he chooses to use? So kind and loving and respectful and honoring of my body when using it. How sweet is that? I love that. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like these words can be used as in a wholesome way when we're not putting someone down. And when it, when you have honor in your heart toward them, it can be fun and stimulating and erotic and bring spice to your life. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was just such a sweet, like that is the context in which you can use that. And it, the fact that it can be respectful, it can honor, it can be loving to Mm -hmm. say those words and it not feel like you are being put down or looked down upon or less than like, you know, I feel like some women hear it as this like submissive language as Mm. this, like a man talking down to his woman and using that language in such a negative way that it puts her in a lower subservient. Yes. Like a place. And that's, that's not what we're saying. That's not what we're preaching here, you know? And I think this listener worded it beautifully because it is like when our husbands say, I love licking your pussy or like your pussy tastes so good. Or like, I want you to ride my cop. That can be a huge turn on and like, ah, yeah, like, (laughs) you know, it can be hot and that's what sex should be hot. Sex should be pleasurable and fun and playful and romantic and and you can still have the romance and still have different kind of language to use with it yeah yeah for sure and others have said like sexual language makes me super comfy like I'm very comfortable with that you know like it's like you get to be a little more free and a little more relaxed and I think I think that's fun it's in the right context let me ask you about this like this one, what other words are taboo that we use in the bedroom? And I think from what I'm hearing, there's the right context is so important. Like when we're, uh, what language are we using with our partner in, in the bedroom is going to probably be very different than the, the language we use in public or around Definitely. certain people or children or friends or professionals. Um, yeah. If we're talking with girlfriends, we may use different language than if we're in a workplace setting, right? Or among public setting. And the tone and the heart behind what we're saying, even if we're talking about it, let's say with girlfriends and we're using words like pussy or cunt or dick or, Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing, you know, we can use them in ways that are not derogatory, but are still honoring or just giving the right authenticity and emotion to something when we really want to like, talk dirty or authentically or really share, you know, vulnerably. So those words can be useful because they do have a different energy to them. Um, But I don't think there's a way to say and be to be black and white about it and say this word is always good or this word is always bad. Yeah, I do think that you can take any word, especially the sexual vulgar words. Yeah, like cunt and use them in derogatory ways that put down people, but totally you can also use them. Even in, pussy. You can and, call yeah, somebody oh, totally. a pussy. And oh, like, yeah, like, you're like, you're a dick. Like, <laughs> yeah. And this is interesting. I don't know if you've ever heard, you know, seen this shared on social media, but we use the word pussy to like put down men who are like weak mm-hmm. and effeminate. So we're calling yeah. men by like the female genitalia, calling them feminine, but yeah. for women, 
it's actually can be an empowering thing. If you think about like, totally. what is your pussy capable of? Your pussy yes. can birth children. Your pussy can bring you erotic, <laughs> like pleasure and orgasm. Yeah. Your pussy can be like a magic wand yes. and is so freaking powerful and can like, even just talking about like anatomically what it's capable of in yeah. childbirth and like the strength of a pussy is actually pretty incredible. Yes. So like, <laughs> you know, why so- are we taking that word back? Right, like this, this is our word. Yes, this is us. <laughs> That's so a pretty know, powerful it's thing. Been, it's kind of funny to me that it's used in, in like as a slander toward men. Yeah. Um, but it, that's again, that's the context we're using it in. <clears throat> Here's a fun one. What about the word calling your partner like daddy? Like, oh, fuck me, daddy. It. Like, how many of you are super uncomfortable by that? <laughs> Beth, oh, we love so it. many. <laughs> so well, many. I should say, I should say, like, it's not, I use it probably more out of the bedroom than I do in the bedroom. Like, I'll be like, so? Ooh, daddy. Like, oh, you know, daddy. Like, okay. Like, he'll come out with like his shirt off or something. I'll be like, oh, daddy. Hey. <laughs> So it's kind of more like that. And I, I don't know about you, but like when my husband became a dad, his hotness level went up. The dad energy is legit. The dad energy is very legit, very legit. So like for me, it's like, yes, daddy, like, you know, (laughs) I love that. I used to always think like, oh, that's so like ick. Like, so ick, because, like, why would I ever associate my husband with my dad? But right. what you're saying, that's what now what I think of it as is like, well, he is a daddy legitimately yeah. of three girls. Yeah. And if it's hot or if it's a turn on to him, like, I can get over myself. Like, why do yeah. I have to be so rigid in my language? <laughs> so, yeah, but that's I'll a great it. example. Yeah, right. I like, I've that. grown and challenged myself and like using language that in the past I would have been like, oh, that's like so disgusting. And disgusting. I would never yeah. call my husband daddy. And like, yeah, maybe your husband loves it. Have you ever asked him? <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe he loves that title. And like, and, but maybe he thinks it's ick too. I like, totally. that's why. These things are so subjective. It's preference. Like nobody can tell you, okay, that's okay to use. That's not because everyone has different preferences and likes and dislikes. Yeah. And I feel like that is, I think where we kind of fit into this niche of, you know, Christians talking about sex and women who love the Lord and also want to have a really spicy sex life is we from others that I've heard is there's a lot of rules, you know, and it's like, well, I don't think this is okay. This is inappropriate. And then the listeners take on their projections of what's okay for them, what's appropriate for them, what makes them feel uncomfortable or comfortable and projects it on themselves as the listener. And it's like, oh, well then I shouldn't be using that word. I can't say these things. And what Karen and I want to do is create more space. It's like, hold on, let's take a pause and let's, let's maybe rewind and think of the reasons why it's uncomfortable for some. And are we being judgmental towards people's preferences? Because as Christians, I feel like we can be the most judgmental community out there under the guise of discernment or, well, I, my Bible says this, my Bible says that. Well, I can tell you for sure your Bible doesn't say anything about calling your husband daddy in the bedroom or like using that terminology. I mean, if know, we want to read Song of Psalms, like they yeah. had they, they had their own language. Like, yes, but, they, like I mean, if you read that and like very, if you were to translate it into modern language, there would oh, yeah. be so much inappropriate language in there. But oh, like yeah. they're using like analogies like, oh well, your breasts are like the I don't the know the, mounds, the hills and and the, the mounds and your teeth are like gazelles and like they are so yeah. descriptive so and we kind of laugh and chuckle at it now because it almost seems ridiculous like the pictures yeah. they paint but they yeah. were painting very visual stimulating yeah. pictures of totally. eroticism and sexuality in a woman's yeah. body that today you know, if we translated it into modern language would probably make a lot of Christians very uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. It would be like reading like 
a spicy book. Like yeah. you're, you're like a romance getting, novel. Yeah, total <laughs> romance novel. It was, so, it was a biblical romance novel. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's in those senses, it's like we can set ourselves free a little bit, like loosen the, loosen the chains up of those things. And if you still have an opinion, there's nothing wrong with it. What we're saying is just create a little bit more grace and maybe awareness, especially if you have girlfriends or friends that, you know, want to have open conversation with you about sex or like your preferences versus, uh, versus theirs. And it might look different. And that is okay. Hey, we're, we're just, what we want to do is remove shame. You know, you guys know our hearts about shame and it's like, we are trying to rid shame from sexuality. And I think this is a big area where it can be felt. Like I said, we have like six pages worth of responses from you guys. And there it's just so much. And you guys have a lot of thoughts on this and we love to hear them, but we wanted to make sure we addressed it in a way that's like, Hey, we can set ourselves free a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I love the one that says like wanting to honor God and his creation, I guess. And I saw that and I was like, Hmm, I wonder what it is that would feel like using that kind of language isn't honoring. And I do think it's based off of what possibly porn or movies have brought out with that kind of language and has yeah, I think it's the almost defined it. Yeah, it's yeah. association. Like how are we defining these words? Yeah. To say they're bad. You know, a lot of women said, I associate certain words as bad. Um, so I only use correct terms or I come up with another fun word. Uh, someone else said, generally, I only see, see those words used in association with porn or objectifying mm-hmm. women. It feels ick. And this one is interesting. Con- the conservative church tied those words to vulgarity and promiscuity or the bad kind of sex. Mm-hmm. I just think that's so interesting. Like, is there a bad kind of sex and a good kind of sex? I mean, obviously sex outside of covenant or pornography Mm-hmm. could be bad but in the bedroom isn't in the covenant marriage isn't all sex good and so if right. you wanted to bring in dirty words or kink or handcuffs or fill yeah. in the blank yeah is that dirty is that bad sex or is that yeah. giving glory to god within the covenant of marriage that almost brings me to like a interesting dm that we had about oral sex and how like oral sex, how is oral sex appropriate or of God and how could he honor that? And that's a really interesting thing that there, I believe that there are Christians out there. I'm not going to say a lot, but at least I hope not a lot, but there are people out there that do believe there is a way, a specific way to have right sex, to have holy sex. And I think that's where we get trapped a lot. That's where we get stuck because it's like, if we stay in that within the confines of those walls, we'll be safe and God blesses it. And this is the Christian way. This is the right way versus where our culture has brought sex to be, you know, what we do within sex and in the bedroom and in the covenant and it not being okay. So there's so many barriers that we have to break down in order to actually feel freedom. And what I'm realizing is that for a lot of women, sex is not a freeing act. Mm, Yeah. It's obligatory. Yep. And it's, it's very confined and Mm -hmm. limited. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is a huge reason. And this is, this is not just talking about Christian women. This is talking about in general. I think women in general do not find sex to be pleasurable or we don't want it like men do because there's so many rules and confines that we live and that we've, we've put around sex and sexuality. Yes, I I totally agree with you. It's like, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way. And your whole life you're taught, don't do it because it's wrong. Yes. So then you get married and you're like, okay, what am I doing? First of all, I'm totally ignorant. I don't know what to do. And is this right? Is this wrong? And we're overanalyzing it. Like, I think as Christians, we're always overanalyzing 
ourselves we're censoring ourselves we're trying to like determine in our head this like justice scale like is this sin is this good is this bad and it's very black and white thinking yeah and we're always feeling this like dichotomy of like okay I don't want to be bad I don't want to sin I don't want to say the wrong thing I don't want to dress too inappropriately and and there's this like self-censoring happening the self-analytic analyzing and how much mental energy does that really use for especially for women who are designed by God to be free to be feminine to be sexual beings not sexual sexual like throwing your sexuality out there but energetically attract we are sexual attractive beings and how much I wonder like how much mental energy I don't have to wonder because I lived it. Like we all, I know at some point (laughs) probably experienced the confining, restricting nature that comes with Christian culture that is to temper yourself, to restrict yourself, to Mm. fit in, to appear holy and good and and make sure we're not, you know, doing or saying something that could be construed as sinful. And I think that that takes so much mental energy that it actually depletes our femininity and our sexuality and our creativity because we're so worried about what are other people going to think of us yes and when we can throw off those restraints in a healthy way in a god-loving way where we say i want to step into this freedom i want to step into my femininity and my sexuality like what would that look like if the if christian women were truly set free To not have to worry so much about appearances, but actually like experience the full joy and love and freedom that is in Christ in a way where we didn't have to, to analyze ourselves so much. And this is what I was, I was trying to remember what I was going to say. And it had to do exactly with this. It was like that self-censorship and how much time and energy we focus on this and we write whole books about it like how to be an excellent wife and how to be a praying wife and how to dress modestly and you know like there are guides and manuals and books Mm -hmm. and podcasts and blogs extensively written about all of these made-up rules yeah (laughs) like what is like we're just here like this little old like podcast going hey why do we does that really matter? Like, yeah. yes, some of those things are like biblical and they matter, in the, but really it's the heart that matters, right? Heart. Like yes. it's the heart that matters. And what if we can live free in our sexuality and not be triggered by these words? That doesn't mean mm. we have to go around using them, but what if we didn't have any like framework or people around us putting barriers yeah. and boxes around us to say, this is how you're supposed to act and behave yeah. and talk, especially in the bedroom. Like here's yeah. how you should act and words you can say and acts that you can do like oral sex that, oh, honey, that's unholy. Yes. What if right. it's not like, maybe it's not maybe yeah. and if, if oral sex isn't unholy, how what other things have we defined or labeled as unholy or unrighteous right because somebody some at some point in time told us it was but what if it's not yes I that was another thing that happened when we put the step about blowjobs and part of toys that could be used are like anal plugs and people did not like that like we've got pushback from that and somebody was like that's gross like why would I like, is this okay? Like, why would I do that? You know, why would I use that for my husband or why would he want that? And it's like, well, think about it. It's, maybe ask a, him. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. And not every <laughs> like, man is going to. The, right. But why are we even making it bad? Yes. Why are we putting these? And I know why we're, we've made it bad is because that's what we were taught. There were people that generations before us that saw things as unholy, saw sexual immoral. They they said it was sexually immoral. They said it was inappropriate. They said it was uh, for a man to like anything that had to do with anal pleasure. He was gay or he, you know, we put titles on things. and shame and labels. Yes. And And so we've just taken away the, the freedom from ourselves, we've allowed previous generations to 
tell us what was right and what was wrong. And instead of questioning it and bringing it to the Lord, like bringing it to the Holy Spirit and saying, okay, show me, like, tell me, like, just imagine if you had a community of women, like I genuinely want you to just close your eyes and think about this, like having a space of safe women where you could ask questions and not be fully judged and just be like received in a way that was like, huh, wow. Yeah. I've actually never tried that, but that sounds interesting. Like, I want to hear your feedback. Like, tell me how it goes or like, oh my gosh, yes, I've done that. I've been there. Like totally. Or that's super triggering for me. And I don't want to run away from that and shame, but I want to explore why I'm triggered by this. Yes. Yeah. And I think that goes back even to our last conversation on sister wounds, you know, of like, we get angry when people do things that we deem uncomfortable for ourselves and we get offended and we judge. And it's such a dangerous line that we ride. And I think God would have more negative feelings towards you judging your sister like that than he would towards you holding space for her and receiving her and just being honest and authentic with your truth of, Hey, that might be triggering that that I feel a little triggered by that. I want to work on that and figure out where that's coming from. And then I want to have an open conversation with you. I feel like if we, and I really feel like this is a big part of what we're building here is holding that space, creating that village of women who feel safe and feel free to have these kinds of conversations, to ask these questions that they don't feel that they can ask towards their closest friends that they have in person. It's so true. I mean, I think there's so few women that really can have these conversations. And I know there's so many women that listen to this podcast, Mm -hmm. like in secret. And then they tell us like, gosh, I love your podcast. It's so great. Yes. yes. Isn't that so funny? It's there is like a sense of like shame or not even shame, but just like, oh, it's something I don't need. Like, I'm not, I'm going to listen, but I'm, I don't need it. I don't want to tell people I'm listening to it, you know, because it's, <laughs> or I'll it, listen to it and I love it, but I can't, I won't tell anybody <laughs> or, yeah. just, or maybe I'll tell my girlfriends and we'll talk about it. Like I've had other women say like, oh my gosh, my girlfriends and I all started listening to your podcast. Yes. We love it. <laughs> so anyways, with all that being said, ladies, we hope that you feel so much permission and freedom to explore not only your sexuality, but your language around it. And that there's freedom for you. There's freedom for all of us. And in the right context, this kind of language doesn't have to be offensive or off-putting. If it's something that you choose to not use, by all means, don't use it. We just wanted to put a light on this and kind of shine a light on this conversation that there's people from all different walks and backgrounds that feel comfortable, that feel uncomfortable, that have, that are sitting somewhere in the middle and are in a conflict within themselves of using this kind of language. But we just want you guys to know that no matter what, you are loved, you are received by us, by God. And, guys, and I have a little idea too, I want to throw out there for anybody who has listened to this episode and you are like many of our listeners who commented on this poll and said like, "Ah, it makes me a little uncomfortable or like, I don't know, I think I have some shame or like from my upbringing or church and you're like, but you know what? I want to challenge myself. I want to grow in this area. I want to put myself out there a little bit. I want to give you a little fun homework assignment. If you (laughs) want to like up your game a little bit and like maybe just tap into some sexy spicy energy in the bedroom with your partner say I want you to just do this like make it fun first of all like no pressure this is not like we're gonna grade you (laughs) I shouldn't say homework because that connotates like oh you get an a plus girlfriend yeah yeah (laughs) you will get an a plus for trying and like stretching yourself so if that's you and you're like hey I want to grow in this I want to like overcome my inhibitions here because I realize like I'm the only one holding on to the shame and God Mm -hmm. isn't shaming me 
So use a taboo word that you typically wouldn't use in your vocabulary with your partner in the bedroom and just like speak it out or even have that conversation if it feels super awkward to like just blurt it out. But like talk about dirty words and what words your husband might like and just kind of say like, hey, I want you to touch my pussy or Mm -hmm. you know what? I love it when you lick me Mm -hmm. in my pussy or whatever, like pick whatever word you want or like. I love your dick, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe you don't even refer to your husband's penis or dick or like all his or balls, whatever. Like maybe there's even an inhibition there to talking dirty about your husband's yeah, and parts. you know, body parts. Yeah. So like, if you've noticed that in this conversation, challenge yourself to like speak up and be a little more vocal because sometimes yeah. that vocal like expression can be a super big turn on for men and women. And it might even turn you on too. It might turn your husband on. So like, yeah. try it out, pick a word, don't overanalyze yeah. it, but just say it. And in the bedroom, and when, text it, text like, it. Like maybe yeah. when you're feeling horny, maybe mm-hmm. when you're, you know, you're going to have sex that night, you know, try it out. Just like you would try a new position and see how it feels on you. See how it fits. And then yeah. tell us about it. Like, th- does it make you tingly did it turn you on did the thrill of it like excite you maybe even a little bit or did you feel super uncomfortable and mortified and you're never going to do it again like we want to hear from you (laughs) (laughs) definitely definitely yeah that that's a really fun thing to maybe put out there and and challenge our listeners to do so with all that being said ladies thanks for listening to this episode and we will see you in the next one